Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. So that speaks to answering the question, well, what do you do if you either don't know your passion path or you do know what it is, but it's logistically not possible for you to embark upon that? Well, you learn from where you are and what you're doing. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. If you didn't have to work and you weren't being paid, what would you do that creates value in the world? That's the question I asked at the end of the last episode, and it's the question that helps you find your passion path or the day-to-day work expression of your values, whereby you serve yourself as you serve others with your greatest gift. And this passion path is half the equation that adds up to human fulfillment. So in this episode, we'll relate to passion path to the second thing you need to have clarity on in order to be fulfilled. And during this process, I hope you'll consider where you are on your own journey to clarity and fulfillment. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's start the show. There's a lot of different angles on this passion path thing. And one of the ways to actually help make it clear, I think, is to relate it to what I would say is the other primary indicator or vector of personal human fulfillment. I would say the ultimate in human fulfillment means you find your passion path. And what's the other thing that one needs to find? If there were just two things, what do you think the other would be? Any guesses? You know you've hit fulfillment when you've found when you attained your passion path and your... Would it be goals? Well, wouldn't goals would be, uh, yeah, I could see inside the passion path thing, you, would, you might want to have some goals. But I would, what I would say is that the passion path includes goals. When, when you've got the clarity of your own soul values, I love that you brought it up because it helps me talk about it. When you've got the clarity of your own values and then you know the venue of expression, I think the goals will just arise on their own because the goals become an expression of your expression of that, if that makes any sense. You're, you're going to want to take it somewhere. Just like if you bought a really awesome car, the car of your dreams, you'd have an idea about where you'd want to drive it, right? You wouldn't be like, okay, now what do I want to do with this car, right? It would just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive across the country and I'm going to drive to the Baja or whatever it is that would come with it, you know? Okay, well, the other thing I, I'm thinking of could be, I think would come with it as well, but like the personal relationships, I think. I think you could have your passion path all day, but without that, you're nothing. There's still 
specifically, what is the pinnacle of the of, of the best personal relationship? Love, yeah, right. The soul, <laughs> the soulmate, the soulmate. Okay, exactly. So the passion path. Say again. I'm still looking for mine. So yeah, as am I. Yeah. <laughs> as am I. So it's useful to compare the two because they have a lot in common, especially the journey toward it. So the, the, the soulmate is also something that generally we don't arrive at very quickly. Just like our first job, it's highly unlikely that your first job was your passion path. The same way your first boy or girlfriend was probably not the love of your life. But it happens in both cases, just not nearly as often as we would like or hope. But what does happen, right? What does happen is with each intimate relationship you're in, you learn things, just like in each job you have. From the outside, inevitably, we put our misconceptions and fantasies and delusions on it, right? Ah, this job slash this girl slash this boy, that's exactly what I want, right? And then we take it for a spin and then we inhabit it. And maybe we rise multiple levels into it. Maybe when we get engaged or promoted inside the organization, maybe we even get married. And then, you know, after 5, 10, 15, even 20 years, sometimes it takes that long to realize, oh, whoops, I was wrong. So I'm someone, for example, who was in three long term relationships with someone who is exhibiting a really specific quality that was a recapitulation of a way my mother treated me quite badly. And it took all three of those relationships and a few shorter-term ones where I was with a woman who did not see me. And I let it go and I let it go and I let it go. Someone who just did not see who I was in the same way my mother did. And then was critical and overbearing in uh, ways that would not have happened had there been that seeing. So I needed to plumb the depths and learn all the lessons of how I didn't get what I needed in that way from my mother so that I could work on it. Because you can't heal what you don't feel. I needed to see all that stuff. Ah, Wow, I keep choosing women who do these kinds of narcissistic things. Huh. Better go to work on that, on my mother stuff and other stuff. And so I needed to do that in order to learn those lessons. And I'm really hoping, I can't be sure, that the last time that happened, which a little bit embarrassingly was not that long ago, <laughs> it was about three months ago, that that really was the last time so that I can move on to who will be an actual soulmate. Because you see, all the, the women before that one were necessary sort of um, remedial aids for me to learn what I needed to learn. Okay, So in the same way, the jobs that you get prior to discovering your passion path will do a lot of the same stuff. They will, they will teach you things. So it's not that they are without value, far from it. They're necessary cobblestones on the path to the path. And so that speaks to answering the question, well, what do you do if you either don't know your passion path 
Or you do know what it is, but it's logistically not possible for you to embark upon that. Well, you learn from where you are and what you're doing. And the assignment that we're going to talk about at the uh, at the end here is going to be to delve more deeply into what you think your soul level values are. Because that's where it begins. And you start to look at the gap between your deepest values and what you're doing. Because your deepest values are expressible in any job. I could be expressing truth and love by digging ditches. Now, would it be as good an expression as what I'm doing now? I don't think so, no. But I would be able to express it. You know, in truth, I'd be able to, I'd pay very close attention to all the stones and I would just really lose the attention on myself and pour it into the ditch I was digging so that I had a vivid, detailed look at the ditch and love I could express through, um, you know, the gratitude of getting to work outside and getting, having a decent job and honest day's work, the people that I'm work with, working with, you know, you'd find ways to do that. But I'd much prefer to be doing what I'm doing here because it's like a wider tube that I can express those values through. Because, you know, figuring out how to figuring out how to express truth and love by digging ditches requires some creativity, doesn't it? Right? You'd have to think about that. Or, you know, working in a UPS box sorting facility. How do I express truth and love in there? You'd have to think about that. You could do it, but you sense it's not quite so immediate, right? as opposed to being in a situation where you're directly helping other people. Right? So step one is, what are your soul values? And that takes some work to really decide and discover what those are. And uh, we'll talk about how to do that um, in the assignment. Once you have a model for that, and I say a model because, of course, it's subject to change and you want to hold it kind of loosely with an open hand. Then the thing is to look at what you're currently doing, what is your current work, and how good an expression is it for those values? How, how appropriate is it a venue for those things? And are you maxing out your ability to express those values as best you could? Are you leaving something on the table? Are you really showing up in every moment of the day with those values? Now, this is very self-interested, you see? You see how if there's any part of you that is resenting work and holding it from uh, holding it in a, this is something I have to do that I don't really want to do, that will counteract your ability to, in a healthily self-interested way, engage in what you're doing, whether it's spiritual teaching for business people or digging ditches. It has, you have to start with a, how can this be a creative, expressive venue for me? Any amount of working for the man or resentment or I got to pay the bills, any amount of that stuff will erode your ability to bring that bigger intention. And you're not going to make it disappear. You know, it's, it's, I shouldn't say any amount of that stuff, any amount of unnavigated, unset-aside amount of that stuff. It's going to show up. I wake up on mornings where I don't want to do what I, what I do. And it takes me sometimes an hour to wake up and be like, wow, what a privilege I get to do this. 
So it's about having a consciousness of like, okay, am I living in a slave labor mentality? And is that really true? There's that question again. Is that really true? Is it true that I have to do this? Is that really true? So a big part of this is just an undoing. And I would assert that when you clear away the slave labor mentality, this spring-loadedly naturally arises. A healthily self-interested, okay, what can I do here? And you may, your current position may already be a venue that is your passion path. It may not, or you may not know. For a while, I thought that I wanted to be doing something else for about five years. I thought that the business coaching thing was not actually what I wanted to be doing. And I, I thought I wanted to be out of the business world in a more personal, spiritual, teacher kind of psychotherapeutic um, context. And I was wrong. What, what I saw, it took me a while, but what I saw was actually I just needed to change the business venue, not exactly stop meeting the business world exactly where it was and, uh, and really stand in the, this is a spiritual teaching for business leaders. And that's what my brand now says with this whole kind of Zen theme that's, you know, got not even six months old. And I've been doing this 16 years and it took up until, you know, six months to even find the look and feel that expressed that. So it can happen in lots of different ways. You may already be in the venue that is your passion path, but you're relating to it in a way that is not allowing for that full expression. Or you may be in the wrong industry or any possible variation. It's just as confusing and difficult and challenging as navigating an intimate relationship. You see why I make the comparison? Because it's easy to make work really simple. Like, well, you know, you just do what you love. Right? That's what we're told when we're 18. Just see if you can do what you love. Just like, you know, when... Parents will give you advice about uh, about um, you know who to find as an intimate partner. Find someone who makes you laugh. I've heard or marry your best friend. Also good advice, but uh, the actual practice of it. You know, have you ever had someone that you thought was your best friend for like years, and then they viciously betrayed you, and you realize they were actually not your friend? <laughs> this is a relatively common experience, right? So in practice, it's an adventure, not a mission. And you're going to take many wrong turns, which are not necessarily wrong. It's just, you know, I, again, I invoke the idea of the Lord of the Rings. The mission was get the ring into the fires of mortar. That's the mission. That's the end result. But the adventure is all of the stuff that happens on the way that's completely unexpected. It creates a ton of learning, a ton of growth, changes everyone involved. And it's completely unpredictable. And that's life. It's extremely unusual to actually know what you want to do, you know, to, to graduate high school, let's say, with your soulmate and your passion path in your pocket. I'm sure it happens, but not very often. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. 
All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.